This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. Morning, Alma. All well in the Heldberg? Good morning. Yes, absolutely awesome. Loving the story. That's uh, one of the headline stories on the Green Times this morning. Had a, an interesting conversation in the car with my family being asked by my young son around the uh, when we passed Kuburg Power Station. Had some questions on how does this work and um, why is it not a good idea that we build more of these? Kind of, it was that kind of a conversation. And one of the things I mentioned was this idea of divestment. And uh, to see the story coming up here, uh, I quite like. Our, our country appears, it's certainly at face value, and maybe it's, it seems at lip service at the moment, but the idea is there to move things forward. So if um, loving this story, let's move away from uh, putting too much money or any more money into fossil fuels, says Durban. Absolutely, yes. It's, it's very good news. Um, Durban is the second city in South Africa who is making a commitment to divest from fossil fuel um, investments in their investment portfolios. Um, Cape, Cape Town actually did that in 2017 as well. So we are leading again. Mm. <laughs> but um, it's very important that, um, you know, they all got together, I presume, online, together with um, mayors of cities in North America, Europe, and Africa, to make a commitment to say that they will shift all the money that's currently invested in fossil fuels over to green energy, green buildings, green transport, and other investments to support the recovery from the pandemic and from climate change. Hmm. Um, We've had this conversation before in the context of Cape Town. Um, I think it was two years or three years ago when we had this conversation. Um, But, uh, yeah, there seems to be a bit of, how can I say, people feeling just a little bit cautious about the whole thing, saying, okay, the the commitment was made and conversations were had, but we're not really seeing anything happen yet. Do these things just take a long time, or are we right to be a little bit concerned as to why it is taking so long? Well, I think it's important to be concerned because one of the reasons why we're excited about this work is that national government is not taking proper responsibility of, of climate change. So we're happy to see more commitment from local governments. Mm. However, um, David LePage from Fossil Free SA is saying here that he has not seen or heard of any money being shifted yet by Cape Town, Mm -hmm. which means um, it could be just in word by now, which for us, of course, means really nothing. So he is saying that we need to follow up on that, and I think there's an important story to be written here to find out what has Cape Town done over the last three years, what's mm. happening? Yeah, and so th- they're saying there yeah. now for for Itaquini's commitment to have me- be meaningful at all, they will have to follow a whole bunch of steps, such as to report on their current investments mm. and where um, they are short of the new ethical standard. Um, they must report on um, the uh, the good funds of social responsibility, social responsible investments and and be in touch with those and make those known and connect themselves to that and do things collaboratively mm. with other progressive investors and without that progress is going to be highly unlikely yeah and i think that's the situation that we're in is when we have these kinds of conversations we start to feel a bit skeptical and i don't know how it makes you feel i mean you're on the front line you understand this better than anyone i've, I've ever met 
um, and one becomes very skeptical. We, we, we remain by face value to be a, a coal-loving, you know, as one of the fossil fuels, a coal-loving nation, you know. Uh, and you're forever hearing those stories coming out Absolutely. when there's load shedding. There's coal, coal, and this coal, not quality coal, coal conveyor belts. We love our coal. Uh, the and, problem is that the government at this point still usually subsidizes um, the fossil fuel industry mm. and supports the coal industry. So, I mean, it, it's, it flies in the face of South Africa's 2015 commitment signed the Climate Treaty in Paris and made massive uh, promises of how we're going to drop our, our carbon footprint. But, you know, you can't do that without divesting from coal. Yes. So things are a little bit paradoxical at the moment. And, yes, it is concerning. Um, I'm happy for steps in the right direction. It starts with commitment and then must follow um, the action. So I am hopeful. However, I'm also very aware that it's going to depend on people like you and I mm. to ask. Yeah. I mean, we live in the city of Cape Town. We have every right to ask. Like, well, what's happened in the meantime? And this is this is a follow-up story that absolutely needs to happen. What has Cape Town done in the meantime? So we will be looking into that. If we're divesting away from fossil fuels, that money is budgeted anyway. Where should it be spent and and what's the most cost-effective way to produce the same amount of electricity or more with that same amount of money? Well, we do know that the most cost-effective is is, um, um, renewable energy, definitely sun and wind in the Cape. We have ample, ample. (laughs) The universe is abundant. (laughs) Yes, we need that all subsidized. I mean, we also need the, the government to change some laws around around electric cars, for example, because transport is our other big thing. You mm. know, it's, it's transport, it's buildings, it's energy. Um, and the problem is South Africa taxes the import of, of um, electric cars, for example, um, whereas there are some countries that take all those taxes away. They make the cars affordable so that you and I, ordinary people, can actually afford to drive them and that's the big development that needs to happen now. And that money can be invested in pump stations for these cars because mm. that was supposed to be rolled out, I think it was 2011, that I went to COP, um, the, the COP in Durban. Yeah. And it was supposed to be rolled out by 2012. It is 2020 and there are hardly any of those. So mm. people are reluctant to buy the cars apart from the price. So, you know, they're very important places for this money to go now. Yeah, I've had some extensive conversations with a motoring journalist here on a Friday morning around the use of uh, and the availability of charging stations and the like. And there's, I think there's so much hope on the horizon, but at the end of the day, it always comes down to two things in this instance, legislation and cost. And both of those things uh, are, are big deciding factors when it comes to seeing these things. And, and then the other side of the conversation often, Alma, and you can set us straight here, is we become very much caught up in the social needs of South Africa, and rightly so. And we feel that that should be where our focus is placed when it comes to money and, and, and efforts and uh, expertise. But we can't just focus on one area and neglect the other because then we're just going to cause trouble for ourselves. So remember that man and nature are not separate. Mm-hmm. This is one thing. This is a social cause. Because climate change kills, first of all, the poor people. Mm. So it's a social injustice. That's why we're not even using, we don't even use, have to use the word environmental. Yes, social environmental is one. Mm. It says here, socially responsible. So it is all one thing. So that's why our recovery from the pandemic and our recovery from 
and climate change is one cause. So we have to put those things together and understand how intertwined we are with nature. Whatever we do that is better for the environment immediately mm-hmm. benefits us as well. We are totally dependent on that. So what is the, what's, the, what's the next step that has to be taken? Do other cities need to follow suit? Does the change need to come from governmental organizations? What's the next step to see? I well, mean, they we... will get pressure from the non-profit, from the, you know, the non-profit area because we are the, 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 the government on the ground yeah. who are really, really where the, where the work happens and where the pressure happens. I think before any other city rolls out a commitment such as this, we need to find out what's happened in the meantime. For me, that's the most important thing. I always say that you know, words have very little meaning. Yeah. Let's find out what the actions are. Maybe they're a whole lot. Maybe they just haven't put it out into the media. We need to get that followed up. I see um, 350.org has also commented, and they are saying that they will support a dialogue between the cities um, about their inv- disinvesting and reinvesting in, in, into good co- good spaces. So I think we need to try and get, give more airtime to that and get some, some news out about that. Yeah, well, if there's anybody who can tap someone on the shoulder and say, excuse me, uh, could you tell me exactly how far you've come from the promises you made three years ago? If there's anyone that can do that with confidence and expertise, it's Alma Pollard. Grad, we've got you on Maybe our you side. Can interview them on the radio station. That <laughs> would be very interesting. That's not a bad idea at all. Alma Pollard, we appreciate awesome. your input and fantastic stories that open our minds up to what's actually going on outside of just the normal doom and gloom that we find in the media, sadly. But you've come and given us a breath of fresh air and a little bit of hope and some fantastic stories and beautiful photography. Thanks for the Green Times. Awesome. Thanks a a lot. You're welcome. Okay, bye. Bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.